Today's episode is brought to you by Nikisha Gordon, Arbon Consultant. Arbon promotes healthy living from skincare to makeup and even nutrition. Arbon prides itself in using 100% natural botanical ingredients and are cruelty free. Go to www.nikishagordon.arbon.com for more information. That's www.nikishagordon.arbonne. Arbon, pure, safe, and beneficial. I was a weird kid. You know, mm-hmm. when most kids talk about they want to be basketball players and football mm-hmm. players or a doctor, I've always wanted to be a bishop. Really? As a kid. I was that kid. I, oh, I, I, my Lord. I, was, I loved church <laughs> and I loved professional wrestling. So <laughs> okay. it was Jesus and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Ministry Decoded Podcast, where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of being in ministry. I am your host, Jodine Gordon. On today's episode, I am joined by Pastor Sean Mason II, uh, Senior Pastor of Freedom Church here in Brooklyn, New York. What's very interesting about Pastor Mason's story is that he knew what he wanted to do from a very young age. And when I say a very young age, I mean like when most of us was out here just trying to watch cartoons on television. You probably could have found Pastor Mason watching the Pope on TV, <laughs> which will make more sense later. However, even though he knew what he wanted to do from such a young age, it did not make his ministry journey, so to speak, any easier. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. My name is Sean Mason, and I serve as the senior pastor of the Freedom Church in Brooklyn, New York. Nice. Okay, so jumping right into it. Um, You're the senior pastor of the church. Uh, You started the church yourself? Yes. Okay. But was this always a dream of yours, wanting to be a pastor, wanting to be the shepherd of a house i was a weird kid <laughs> so let's start. let's start there you know when most kids talk about they want to be basketball players and football mm-hmm. players or a doctor i've always wanted to be a bishop really as a kid i was that kid I, oh I, I, my lord I, was, I loved church and i loved professional wrestling so <laughs> okay. it was jesus and hulk hogan <laughs> okay yeah. that's a, di- a very different combination um that's interesting normally people say oh i was never trying to do this you mm-hmm. know um well did you grow up with having ministry leaders as parents or uncles aunts what was you know, that it was like? interesting my mom she got saved. I think she was about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother got saved from coming to church to hear her sing in her children's choir. Oh, wow. And so um, when my grandmother, she got mm-hmm. saved, she got saved, saved. <laughs> you know, you got saved. Saved, but she got saved, saved. So, you know, she <laughs> right. got saved for real. You okay. Know? And so we grew up right. in, in a house um, full of love and, and, and mm-hmm. full of church. It was, it was an interesting contrast. Yeah. Because um, my dad was kind of like like a... A, a man's man he's you know and mm-hmm. then he grew up in church and actually we all come from the same home church right but my dad wasn't really going like that mm-hmm. you know he didn't go but then he wouldn't go right. and so i had the contrast of 
a really, really churchy side. Right. And, then and a the... regular 90s R&B. <laughs> <laughs> right that's you a know. good balance so it's I had good the best balance. of both worlds <laughs> right. it kind of helped me to become balanced mm-hmm. but growing up um, I I always looked up to the bishops and the pastors of, nice. of Brooklyn mm-hmm. and like my bishop was like my Michael Jordan. Oh, wow. And other senior leaders like cool. Archbishop Brown and yeah. Bishop Eric Figaro. Okay, so did you, were you, since you were immersed or like surrounded with mm-hmm. ministry people or people who were saved, saved, right. um, did you then, you know, like get a relationship with God from an early age? What was it like for you? Well, prayer was instilled in, in our house. It was like a constant thing. Every, mm-hmm. every weekday that we were in a church at 7 p.m., yeah. we had prayer. And so it's my good. grandmother would, would yeah. sing the song prayer time and we knew to make our way to either the living room or the dining room nice. and we'd have family prayer. So we were taught prayer and uh-huh. we prayed before we went to school and it really, we were taught the importance of not just church, but having a personal relationship That's with good. God. I thought everybody was the same because when I would go to church, mm-hmm. a lot of my church friends, they said, oh, we don't want really to pray at home. We, pray, we come here. <laughs> right. <I> said, what? <laughs> not our life yeah so we <laughs> pray like every day right so it became a part and at a young age i started to hear um the voice of god mm-hmm. wow you know and like as far as calling my name and I, I knew i would have visions of a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff that i'm blessed to do now right those were visions that i had as as a child that's so amazing people to be a doctor i yeah. want to be a preacher wow yeah. i've never heard anyone yeah. say they wanted to be a preacher from they were young yeah. um so then did you Get baptized, got saved, knowing all that you knew from that early. Um, well, I was baptized a couple of times, mm-hmm. you know, and, oh. and, 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 you know, because you get saved and you get saved, 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 saved. again. So <laughs> right. I was baptized as as a baby because we in, mm-hmm. in, in our organization we we, we baptize babies according to their right. parents' faith. Right. Okay. And then once they confess, mm-hmm. if they choose to, they can get baptized again on on the you know. The yeah. So I was about eight and I confessed the Lord Jesus. Nice. Got baptized. Wow. Then I was 10, I had another revelation. <laughs> Come on. I want to get baptized again. You know? And so right. but, um, it became a part of my life. There wasn't, church wasn't uh, secondary. I, mm-hmm. I, I was, I grew up with the idea that having a relationship with God is the center of our life, not just making church your life. That's kind of the, that's good. The, um, the inspiration behind the freedom church mm-hmm. to help people understand that church is more than just a place. It's it who we are. It's our, it's our identity. It's uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it assists with our lifestyle. It's, it's a supplement, like a vitamin to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. You, know, you can quote unquote live without it to a certain degree, but when you realize that you're a part of it, it's mm-hmm. hard to live without something it is. that you know you're a part of. It is. And like even um, when you're in seasons of going through either just not being as connected to your mm-hmm. faith as you were, there's still that feeling or that sense that I have to get back at some right. point. You, right. You're right. There's no separating it once you're like immersed and you're like, you know, I'm safe, saved. Right. And I know that this is more than just coming to church yeah. and, you know. So, all right. Um, got baptized again at 10. Uh-huh. So you grew up um knowing uh what relationship with god is like knowing Mm -hmm. the importance of prayer and all these good things um did you have regular struggles as an as a teenager per se yeah i I grew up being the church boy and Mm -hmm. my nickname was junior bishop (laughs) right you know and and when you're a little kid you think that's cool Mm -hmm. but then when you become a preteen lord have mercy it's not so cool (laughs) it's not it's not no no hey junior bishop wow your friends are laughing it's like (laughs) here now you know so um i I battled with Mm -hmm. my identity 
And some right. people battle with other parts of their identity, whether it's sexuality or whether mm-hmm. it's um, um, being in the in crowd. I battled with knowing what I was called to do. Wow. It's, it's a hard yeah. thing when you know what you've been called to do. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, a lot of people battle with trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But when you know, when I've you never know. been more sure of anything wow. in my whole life. That's crazy. Yeah. You know? And so you battle with that when knowing what you're called to do mm-hmm. isn't the cool thing to do at the age you're yeah. in. It's a wow, so that I, is a struggle. I battled with that. And yeah. that when I was the church kid, you know, I wasn't really right. I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm very shy. Most people can't mm-hmm. tell because of ministry. Right. When you're preaching, you seem charismatic. And right. You have to be sociable. <laughs> but I'm extremely introverted. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, but people knew that I went to church right. and things like that. My bishop, Bishop Nathaniel Townsley Jr., mm-hmm. he's heavily into music. And right. so he would do shows. And one day they brought the show to my high school. <laughs> so you can imagine listen i'm not showing up that day having assembly <laughs> and you're in the show that he's doing oh Lord. so they open the stage they open the curtain and all my friends are on like the first and second they're like yeah Whoa! i feel wow. the embarrassment yeah. for you so school safety is like hey church guy <laughs> and i went to tilden tilden was kind of right. rough mm-hmm. especially back in like the 90s and so they right. would um they had the metal detectors so right. every day I didn't have to go past the metal detectors because they saw it's man, you 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 a church guy. Go. Oh, so you're good to go. I didn't have to go. Look the at metal. favor. No, I wanted to go through the metal detectors because <laughs> no, that's favor. Come favor. on now. Oh, it's called favor now. Got it. Right. right, but I I get that because when I grew up. Um, Back in Jamaica when I was younger, Mm. we were heavily Pentecostal. Uh. So we would have this thing called Sports Day in Jamaica where, you know, all the schools have a day where they compete in track and field and stuff like that. And I was always the one there in a jean skirt. Mm. You can't run in skirt, but because my mom was just so saved, saved. saved. (laughs) Holiness is still right, even on Sports Day. And I would always feel like, seriously? So everyone just knew me to be the one who's going to show up in skirt because her mom is not about that life right, you know so right. I, I i relate to right. what you're saying so then you know growing up um in high school and then moving mm-hmm. on to college and stuff like that did you at any point even though you knew what you wanted to do mm-hmm. try to you know do something else business wise or anything um, no it, it, it was really bad <laughs> really bad okay. because i wanted to go to seminary straight from oh, high wow. school oh wait a minute and you know my mom is very practical very mm-hmm. like you should go right. to regular school just just in case. <laughs> right. But that was our um, Pentecostal um, setting because we didn't really push the academic side. Right. Whereas in other denominations, mm-hmm. they push that, and their preachers, their salaried most Pentecostal churches mm-hmm. preachers aren't, aren't salaried. No. You know, they push education, and, and you have insurance and a four hundred one k. Oh, come on stuff. now. But yeah. in our circle, we really didn't yeah, we do that. shy so away from that. She did it from her understanding, not neglecting, mm-hmm. you know, to learn more about the word and to be right. better able to feed the flock. But she was thinking practically from yeah. a mom's standpoint, how can you sustain yourself in a potential family? That's good. So mm-hmm. um, I, I went to Nye College uh, for my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then I transferred from Nye to SUNY Albany. Right. And um, so, so I, I, I was there. I didn't necessarily have a separation where I wanted to do what everybody else is doing because I was conscious of the relationship mm-hmm. with God. Right. But me being human, sometimes you're so conscious of your, your relationship. We get to that point where we're like, you know, the Lord knows my heart. <laughs> yes, and I'm do. only human. 
Yeah. I mm-hmm. still love God, <laughs> but I like doing what I'm doing. This and is so true. There was, there was um, a, a usual battle when you're coming from a very sheltered household. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to college. Yeah. And so night was a little rain free shelter because it, it, was, it was a Christian school, but you're still not home. Right. Yeah. There is that freedom now. There's that freedom. There's a new sense of freedom. I mm-hmm. never had it. My mother, she didn't play that. <laughs> and so right. when I transferred to SUNY Albany, it was even more mm-hmm. freedom. Oh, Lord. Yes. Yeah, and I, I've never been a party guy. It wasn't, but you, you'll find things that I really believe the enemy knows what you like. Oh, yes, he does. And so. Oh, yes, he does. Weed isn't my thing. So I could never be, you know, mm-hmm. enticed by that. Right. Right. You know, alcoholism, that wasn't a struggle. So I, mm-hmm. that wasn't, my, but everybody has a thing that's one of the things that we yeah. try to teach at the freedom church mm-hmm. is that everybody has their thing yeah that's true but god helps you to deal with your thing until mm-hmm. you can come to the place where you're not necessarily perfect but you're perfected okay see i always tell preachers y'all get to a point where the the preacher just I'm jumps sorry. out it, it just it, jumps it, it, out but this is the podcast for that right. so uh not that you have to say what your thing was but how did you try to create a balance between having a social life Mm-hmm. And you know, trying to stay on track for what you were there to do and this call that's on your life. Um, socially, I was a church kid, so mm-hmm. I kind of geared towards church people. So I was a part okay. of the, the um, gospel choir, mm-hmm. and that was cool. That became a big part of our lives, especially when you're um, really a part of a faith community back home. You yeah. need that sense of community. Everybody needs to find their tribe. Mm-hmm. Everybody has. It's so important. It is. You have to find your tribe, or else you're wandering around aimlessly. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I joined the, the gospel choir. And, you know, that's how I stayed connected right. to people of like faith, people mm-hmm. trying to make their way in college. Young, when you're a young adult, you're still trying to figure yeah. things out. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, that's true. Definitely is. And like you said, um, leaving home and having this freedom, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of creates... not. Well, I guess it does build character. It right. kind of shows you what kind of person are you going to be right. now when you don't have the reins on you. You know what I mean? And so now you have to decide for yourself... Am I really going to hold true to what I've been told growing right. up, or am I going to just become this whole different person? Because right. I can. Right. Um, so uh, after leaving college and graduating, what? Where did you find yourself after that? I came back home. Before I came back home, mm-hmm. my bishop said, "You're going to hit the ground running." Wow, that was I fast. Said, okay. <laughs> and so when I came back home, I was actually licensed before. While I was in school, I, I had a child. Mm-hmm. And so um, um, I came back home to a child. Yeah. So my young adulthood mm-hmm. kind of almost didn't happen. Okay. So I came home to reality, came home to great responsibility, which mm-hmm. helped, you know, fine tune my character. I came home to a new level of responsibility. Right. So, you know, working and, and, and trying to be a dad and mm-hmm. trying to find your way, learning how to communicate. And right. how to, you know, you know, you know, how to really be a grown up now. Right. Where some people are coming home mm-hmm. and they're enjoying their freedom. You don't have to deal yeah. with, with student loans, but they're still you know, they're <laughs> enjoying home, your time, enjoying their, their, mm-hmm. their time. I'm back at church and I was licensed to minister um, the year prior to that. Mm-hmm. So um, it new church responsibilities, yeah. family responsibilities. Trying to be a young man, you know. It, yeah, it, it was, it, it was, it was a, lot. a lot. So uh, how, well, what I'm trying to ask, I guess, is what were some struggles you had during that period? Because you are here trying to juggle all these different roles. Um, was there anything that you found yourself struggling with 
you know, a lot yeah. during that time. Relationships. Mm-hmm. That, that was a, you know, relationships as far as family, as far right. as, um, uh, you know, trying to keep all that stuff together mm-hmm. and trying to look like you got it together. Yes. And then when you look at that, that was around the time that social media really became okay. a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. It was really, really. <laughs> and so the, the facade of, of who you want people to think you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Know, and trying to harmonize that with who you really are. Listen, and it's stress. And grab all that with who you really need to be. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's heavy stuff. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. It was that the, the identity and, 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 trying to figure out the call, knowing what you've been called to do again, mm-hmm. but now trying to figure out what you're called to do in this phase. That's a good point. And I feel like for a lot of church people and people in general, right. um, we do struggle with that um, need to look like we have it together. Yeah. If it's not for our own satisfaction, but because we feel like we have to put up this front for our church people. Absolutely. Like, you know, church, like you are this person who uh, ministry leaders may rely on right. and people see this great purpose and call on your life. So you feel like I can't disappoint. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? The expectations. Yes. You have a lot to juggle on everything. Mm-hmm. You want to help everybody. Right. Please everybody. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're okay. Make yeah. Sure, you know, so it's it, hard stuff. It's, it's, it's a, it can be a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've learned how to balance it um, because I had to look at life different. I look at balance very differently right. than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But most people talk about balance, especially uh, church people. They talk about balance. They talk about not going to church so much. <laughs> Me? Yeah, because everything that requires balance is on you not going to church a whole lot. You need to balance some work. Right. Listen, I need my money. We make balance from going, you know, eating things we shouldn't eat. This is true. I mean, it's talk. I need balance. Talk the real stuff. We got to go to church again. It's Sunday. I need balance. It, it's it's Sunday. Yeah. It's, it's Sunday. That's true. And it's a fact because yeah. I do it. I think, we, I think everybody does that. But yeah. I, I started to look at balance from the perspective of keeping Jesus at the center. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Instead of, because a lot of times we had this totem pole system of life mm-hmm. and it's God first. Yeah. And family second and church third. That is how we everything. see things. But when we do that, something will always fight for preeminence. Mm, that's There'll really good. There'll always be something that, that mm-hmm. because sometimes what's urgent um, comes in front of what's important. See, and that perspective makes Christianity seems a lot more manageable because you saying that something always fights for preeminence means that there's always something that you'd be like, Oh my God, I feel like this is going to trump Jesus. And I, you're fighting to like keep that out of, you know, top place. Right. But when you have got at the center, it's easier to balance changes, everything around that. Our, our wow. Because when, when you look at it, um, I, I forgot the scripture, but a lot of times, you know, when people testify in church, they mm-hmm. say, give not to God. Yeah. You know, I'm going to Jesus Christ, who's the head of <laughs> my of, life. Head of my life. Yeah. But when you put something at the head, now what happens when, when, when there's a stomach ache? Listen. Am I about to receive yeah. my life right now from this session? But you're right. Yeah. So when we look at it, the scripture doesn't talk about him being the head of our life. Mm-hmm. He says, who is our life? Wow. Now, the, the conflict with that is we battle with church being our life. Mm-hmm. But it never talks about church being your life. It talks about God being your life. Yeah, that's and it. So we realize God is our life and we put him at the middle. So when you look at, at Paul and, you know, and that's that scripture, he says, I can do all things through Christ, mm-hmm. which strengthens, which strengthens me. me. A lot yeah. of us take that out of context. Mm-hmm. Think I can do anything. You cannot jump <laughs> off of a building and fly. <laughs> can't. It can't happen. But when he says that, we I'm have not to about at, to play with you. <laughs> 
can't do that. I can do right. all things. No, you can't. No, you like, cannot. Not like that. Not like that. Okay. Now, when he says that, we got to look at the verses above. Right. And Everything says, in context. I learned how to be a base and abound. I learned how to be, you know, hungry. I learned how to have. I learned how to right. have not. He says, I can deal with anything through Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what he's really saying. That's good. So when Jesus is at the center, we can deal with anything. That's amazing. And now my mindset has changed um, because you've always learned. And I feel like we learn through like hearing people's testimony. And we've always learned to say God is the head of my life. And when you have that perspective, you're right. This whole totem pole thing, something always has to be at the top. And if you find anything, you know, trying to get past Jesus, now you're like in this limbo where you're just like, I need to shift everything around because I need to put Jesus back at the top. And then you start trying to make penance and you you start Mm -hmm. trying to do this. Um, yes. um, performance-based salvation wow. thing, which doesn't work. And so, if I if I don't go to church, my goodness, um, every single Sunday this month, mm-hmm. then so the bad church is not a four-leaf clover. It's wow. not. It's not. That's not what it is. Church is like going to the gym. So I'm not going to ask any more questions. Yeah. You can just break I'm things sorry, down on the podcast. No, this is really good. Yeah, yeah but it, it's we look at it like you know we we just got it all wrong, and, yeah. and that's one of the things I think. The Freedom Church, that's the name of my church, by the way. Mm-hmm. The big things we're big on is helping people rethink church. Mm-hmm. And one of our themes is called Church Different. Nice. It's not so much that we are perfect or we've got it all together mm-hmm. or that we've... Um, one of the, the target... Everybody has, has their target group. Even if they say the yeah. churches, he said, we want to reach the world. <laughs> it's not practical. Right. We Still do want to reach out group. to the world. Yeah. The world should feel welcome. Mm-hmm. But... There is a target base. And one of the targets that we kind of feel uh, led to reach out to Mm -hmm. are people who've been estranged from faith communities for extended period of times. That's good. Yeah. So it's, it may be not what you're accustomed to. So one of the things we do is come as you are, Mm -hmm. but come as you are means different things to different people. This is true. Some people come as you are as Jesus sneakers. Mm -hmm. Some people like wearing a suit inside of church. Yeah. Why should those people feel alienated? Because, and so on Sundays, what I try to do is I do both. So Mm -hmm. one Sunday, I may be in Jesus sneakers. Another Sunday, I may be in a suit tie. It depends on what come as you are means to you. So if you want to wear a tuxedo, or, you know, it mean joggers to you. Right. It may right. be a sundress to you or mm-hmm. a prom dress to somebody else. <laughs> right. However you feel comfortable because we understand that we gather together to worship God. That's awesome. To come together as a family and not trying to put so much emphasis on, you know, what we have on. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Even though, you know, we believe in, in you know, being modest and then being, right. being presentable. We don't do anything crazy, mm-hmm. but that's not the focus. One of the t-shirts we have is, it's called These Are My Church Clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I've you know, seen that on yeah. social media. So, it's just, yeah. so we do that for, for Easter. Mm-hmm. Wow. Where most people want to get right? the and the shoes because everybody doesn't have the mm-hmm. money for that. That's true. You know? And That's so, true. These are church clothes. See, this is awesome, awesome stuff. So what I do want to do is um, kind of get you to take me on a journey of how you then left college mm-hmm. and came home to becoming a dad mm-hmm. and then kind of ended up becoming a senior pastor. Like, did you find yourself, you know, shadowing a minister after a while? And then you thought maybe I do want to do this for myself. How did that happen for you? I grew up in the church actually that's across the street. That's mm-hmm. my home church. Oh, wow. I've been in one church mm-hmm. with one pastor my entire life. Wow. Yeah. Never, I, I often say this. I, I never had spiritual food poisoning <laughs> because I didn't eat off too many plates. Everybody's journey That's is different. So good. some people they yeah. have to shop around for a little mm-hmm. bit until they find their tribe. Wow. Find the church yeah. that, that that 
that best suits where God wants you to go. This is good. Yeah. You know, so I've, I've been there, you know, basically forever, my entire life. So when I came home, mm-hmm. um, I was already an adjutant, but that is like a personal assistant, something like a right. Farnsworth J. Bentley for P. Diddy. Right. So, something like, it's, it's like did, you get a, did you have an umbrella too? <laughs> I have had an umbrella. Oh, wow. It comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. But the cool thing is I, I've met so many amazing people. Mm-hmm. It, it helped to build my character right. as, as a servant. I was privileged to serve my That's father, good. my spiritual father, Bishop Nathaniel Townsley Jr., mm-hmm. whom I continue to serve. Um, and so it, it's helped me tremendously and has allowed me to be what they call an adjutant general. Mm. So I coordinate services for ordinations and consecrations and things right. like that. And it's allowed me to travel. But going back to it, um, I basically shadowed him as, 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 as a mentee, basically, mm-hmm. um, knowing what I've been called to do. But in my mind, I thought I would have been best as a transitional leader. Mm. Can you explain Maybe what that is? Maybe taking over a, a church that's already been established. Maybe the leader mm-hmm. was deceased. Not necessarily my home church, but like, right. you know, be placed in because I know how to deal. I grew up in a multi-generational church. Right. So we've, you know, some churches, they have a lot of old people or a lot mm-hmm. of young people. Yeah. There's always an even mix at my home church. Mm, okay, good. So I know how to deal with older people. Mm-hmm. I know how to relate to younger people. That's I'm not a youth good. pastor, right. but I know how to relate. That's good. That's one of the things I thank God that my bishop never made me do mm-hmm. <laughs> because people right. make the mistake of thinking all young preachers are youth preachers <sighs> wow. and that's not it. I know my anointing. I know. That's factual. You got to be called to that. Okay. I'm not about that life. Ain't easy. <laughs> They're not. They're not. You know, I'm, I'm blessed. I have a wife and four children. Mm-hmm. I love my children. I love my, my, my wife. Yeah. She loves children. <laughs> I love children. Right. But other people's kids. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I, I I do love other people's children. I don't have the grace, the grace. for that. Yes, and when we leave it there, we gonna leave it right there. <laughs> but there, you know, you know. Anyway, yeah. So I I I shadowed my my my, my bishop. Um, I moved up in in the ranks, and the Lord allowed me to become an evangelist. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I was ordained as an elder. Right. And so in my mind, again, I'm maybe like an older church later on down the line after a couple right. of years, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be sent to, to help out another ministry or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I never saw myself as starting a church. Yeah. It's out of my comfort zone. I'm mm-hmm. what they label as Catholicostal. Okay. Real quick. Yes, please. Catholic <laughs> slash Pentecostal. So okay. you know, we pick them up, put them down. We shout, we, we, we get mm-hmm. the word. But then I like liturgy. I like cathedrals. I oh, like, nice. I like hymns. I like, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I watched. I grew up. I would watch the Pope on Christmas Eve, and and and, and Cardinal John. See, you just had a different life <laughs> from most people. While other kids were going to sleep so they could wake up early. I was watching John Cardinal O'Connor <laughs> at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Wow! During midnight mass, but that's a whole other story. That's okay. So you know, <laughs> right? I saw myself doing that, and then a couple of years ago, maybe about five years or so ago, mm-hmm. I was talking about it and thinking about it, praying about it, and the Lord gave me the name, the Freedom Church. Right. So I'm like scared out of my mind because <laughs> I never saw this happening. Scared because I've never been away from home. Right. I've never joined another church. Yeah. I've never had this another pastor. This is different. So this is different. This is mm-hmm. so I've been battling with. I fought it. I held off from talking to my bishop about it for years right. because we were taught that you just don't do things. You get clearance. Yes. You know, I, I believe that's very important. Uh, my wife and I talked about it. She's been very supportive. Mm-hmm. Of a shout out to my wife, Nakia. Hey, Nakia. How you doing? <laughs> you know, so, right. Um, she's been very supportive. My children, Celeste, Theodore, Kayla, and David. That's a lot nice. of kids. Four, you know, but yeah. I, I, they've been very supportive. Mm-hmm. They are, 
you know, acclimating to this new life as yeah. PKs, you know, <laughs> so we're praying for them. But uh, we, 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 we talked about it, prayed about it. And about three, four years ago, I wrote it down in a journal mm-hmm. and everything the Freedom Church is doing now is in that journal. See, God so works. Says, write the vision. Make it plain, make it plain so the right, people can run with vision, it. Make sure it's articulate enough. Yes, where we can understand it. Make sure it's legible. Hello, they can't run with things they can't clearly. read. Yeah, yes, no. amazing. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. Again, support for today's episode is brought to you by Nikisha Gordon, Arbon Consultant. Arbon promotes healthy living from skincare to makeup and even nutrition. Arbon prides itself in using 100% natural botanical ingredients and are cruelty free. Go to www.nikishagordon.arbon.com for more information. Arbon, pure, safe, and beneficial. So, so then when you had this idea and you prayed about it, did you kind of like, how long did it take you to really step out in faith and do? We launched in September. So we just finished our first church anniversary. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you had this from five years ago. Absolutely. And you launched in September. It takes time. To it does. A lot of it was, I, I, I had a timeline in, mm-hmm. in my head, but I was right. too afraid to bring it to mm-hmm. my father. Okay. And so, you know, we, we, I battled with it back and forth. And I just mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, he'll, he'll understand. You know, so I spoke to my bishop eventually, I believe in 2016, mm-hmm. after years of praying about it, thinking about it, spoke to him and he, he said, no, I, I knew God was taking you this way. Oh, wow. And so he was just like, um, me, you know, when you're young and you're zealous, I was ready to go like right then and there. I said, oh, wow. Oh, they might, about three months. <laughs> he said, oh, brother. <laughs> wow. Break sparky. Relax. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and and, and as, a, as a young man full of zeal, and a lot of times our biological clocks start mm-hmm. ticking. Some people look at it just from um, a hormonal standpoint. We want right. our kids, we want to get married. Mm-hmm. But those preachers who have been in ministry, when that clock starts ticking, you start yeah. thinking about, because I'm 34 years old now. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not really old, but it's not as young as I once was. Right. And so me, at, I think maybe I was 32 mm-hmm. at, at the time. And so me thinking, well, I'm 32 and my friends are in their 20s and they're pastoring. Or oh, wow. some of my friends are yeah. in their 30s and mm-hmm. their 5th, 6th, 7th, 10th year. Right. I'm, okay, I got to do this now. And then me, I don't want to pastor forever. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now. That's not. I, I want to. I want to write. I want right. to enjoy my family. That's good. I want to yeah. enjoy my wife and travel. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a senior pastor in Let's... my eighties. I don't. Want... Nice. God bless you. If you come on it, now, the Lord bless you. I, this is I good. I we we hardly hear this. Yeah, I don't want to do this. I, <laughs> I want to give God a good strong thirty. But whatever the Lord says, I'm, I'm just saying this is an I Sean moment. Right. Right. Whatever God says, I said. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm. You start thinking about your biological clock, and yeah. you know you still want to be relevant. But mm-hmm. when you look at how things are now, 40 is the new 30. It is. And you know, it, it keeps itching and it pushing. Itching. 50, yeah. Who are 50 now, mm-hmm. they look like they're 35. Hello. Now, when I yeah. was a kid, people who were 50, they looked 50. They look close to the grave. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> trying to figure that out, trying to balance all that. But he, he, he suggested that I wait. And I honestly was upset. But I had to thank him for making right. me wait. Yeah. That preparation was but key. He, his voice was so valid mm-hmm. in my head that 
I didn't just, you know what? I'm leaving. Yeah. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to find me a new bishop. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. No, it's not. So you have to, if you trust the voice to affirm you, and you mm-hmm. trust the voice to, to um, edify you, right. you have to trust the voice to correct you. That's good. That is good. Because if they're good enough to wow. praise you, mm-hmm. they're good enough to challenge you. Yeah. We drop the ball when they start yeah. correcting you. We're like, okay. Huh. He's trying to keep me in You're doing too much now. And, and so That's really good. That, that journey taught me a lot how to, how to wait because he, he taught me that in order for you to be in authority, you mm-hmm. must first be under authority. Yes. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I had to listen. And then it, it, was, it was challenging because to see me leave in that capacity not leave your life mm-hmm. but to leave from that part yeah of your life mm-hmm. has to be a challenge and so you know there's things i'll never under, understand from that perspective mm-hmm. because i've never been a spiritual father before yeah right i only know the, the son's perspective mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. so so um then we, we we talked about it and we had a series of meetings about it and then um uh it, it came time and I, I knew i said you know this is the lord he said okay son and he released us. Wow. And we started having Bible study August of last year. We had three, four Bible studies before mm-hmm. we launched. Right. And then we launched on September 17th, 2017, mm-hmm. on National Back to Church Sunday. Oh, wow. So Back to Church Sunday will always be our church anniversary. That's amazing. I'm smart sometimes. You know. <laughs> God is good. Look how it connected. See, that? See listen, I, there's just so much to unpack here yeah. because like, I love the fact that um, like you said, you listened to your bishop and you decided to stay a little bit longer, prepare yourself for this new journey ahead of you. So when you first got into the swing of things, what was the first thing um, that came up where you're like, whoa, I was not expecting this? Um, learning how to listen to my body. Mm, I've right. been tired, but I've never been this tired. Wow. Pastoring is a new kind of tired <laughs> that nobody can prepare you. For. Even if you don't have like a mega church, mm-hmm. when, when you're when you have mega ministry in your mind, wow, it's it weighs on you. It does because it's really a yeah. mindset. So even with a handful of people, I started with my family. My mom serves as our executive pastor. Mm-hmm. My grandmother's one of the associate pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're a growing church. I have, have, have a few families. So even with a few people, and there's so much vision you want right. to unpack, but you have to wait for an appointed time mm-hmm. because everybody can't handle things. Right away. at that moment. Yeah. So now we're starting to unpack after the first year. We just licensed our first minister in August. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, um, we have a, a youth department that's growing and developing. Nice. So they worship on, or they lead worship on August, uh, August, I'm sorry, third Sunday. Right. I'm tired. See, <laughs> pastor. Pastor tired. So, you know, it's, it's learning how to juggle it all and maintain mm-hmm. a refreshed you know, body to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, rest is important. It's very, important. it's very important. And I like that you said, um, you have mega ministry mindset yeah. before we move on. Can you just talk, um, to people who are like yourself, who just have a whole lot of vision that they want to see done, or there's a lot of things that they want to do in the earth, but they're just like so eager. Right. What do you think, or what can you say to them? Um, is, Important in waiting until the appointed time. Aside from prayer, because everybody will spiritualize everything. Everything. Prayer is supposed to be second nature. That's like, new. Well, first, you better pray. We know you better pray. But um, one thing is no patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
really learn patience, develop patience, and un- understand when you ask for patience, God just doesn't give it to you. He gives you opportunities mm-hmm. to be patient. And then while you're being patient, write it all down. Write yeah. it, rewrite it, revisit it, redraft it. Make it legible. Make it legible. <laughs> Look at it again. Yeah. Because that'll help you to become encouraged. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we write it down at one time and then we have to go through that waiting process, but we never look at it again. That's true. Because whatever you write down is really, it's not your how, it's closer to your why. Mm. So That's interesting. this waiting process is a part of the how. How is it going to happen? First, you have to wait. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what you wrote down, this is the why I'm waiting. Why you're waiting. Okay. Listen, <laughs> do you just want to come back and just like teach the people? This is good. You're right. That becomes your why you're waiting. Yeah. That's awesome you stuff. Keep that at the forefront. And one of the things, um, the graphic artist in our, in our ministry, she mm-hmm. made the logo. I had to do a logo and I put the logo on my computer. Right. So even though I was having these series of meetings mm-hmm. and I was, I, I, I'm visual. I have to look at it. That's good. And I had to be reminded, mm-hmm. this is why. That's amazing stuff. So then you are in your first year. Mm-hmm. You've realized the importance of, like you said, just waiting for the appointed time to do things. Um, you're in this new throes of like how to manage people, even just your family, right. how to be the leader of people. Um, what was like one of the biggest lessons you learned from all of that really fast? The biggest lessons is one of the biggest lessons is don't have unhealthy expectations of people. It doesn't mean lower your standards, mm-hmm. but you have to lower your expectations. That's good. Because you have to remember people are human. And then you have to remember the time you let somebody down. Mm-hmm. And so when you're cognizant of when you let somebody else down, when you're let down, right. you can kind of see it from another perspective. Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest disappointments is we expected too much mm-hmm. from certain people. That's and for true. some people, we over-exaggerated our space in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without them even saying it. We we, we overestimated. Mm-hmm. We, I, I know I'm somebody to them. Mm-hmm. That's not always true. <laughs> That's true. You and know? a hard pill to swallow, but like, it's you may factual. Be dating them, but they're not dating you. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not really a thing for them. That's good. We do tend to expect a lot mm-hmm. from people, um, especially when it comes to ministry and almost feeling like you should know how to yeah. do this. You should know that this is expected of you, but... You're right. We have to remember that people are human and they will mess Mm -hmm. up and they will, you know, drop the ball sometimes. Yeah. So in your first year, um, what have you loved or enjoyed doing so far? Connecting with people. Mm -hmm. It's been a joy to connect. We have an awesome team at the Freedom Church. We don't use the term members, really. Mm -hmm. We call ourselves partners. Nice. Because when you think you're a member, you're part of a club <laughs> and you don't want to come to a club meeting this week. You know? <laughs> but when you're a partner, you invest yourself in it. That's good. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so I'm glad to be doing life with the people mm-hmm. at, at the Freedom Church. We are really, we call ourselves a center for family worship. Nice. And so yeah. even if you don't have your own personal family, you're part of our family. Good. Yeah. So it's really connecting with new people. And as an introvert, it's helped me to stretch myself because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I didn't like to meet new people because I didn't yeah. like the awkward small talk. So <laughs> I know, right? Love is nice. You know? <laughs> but really getting to know people. So when you ask, you know, one of our greetings is, how are you? Mm-hmm. But we never really wait to hear how people are no, doing. No, no, no. That's just, that's another way of saying hi. Yeah, it is. But now when I say, how are you? I want to know how you are. Nice. And I care. 
Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh. Um, what I was thinking about while you were, you know, just kind of going over your uh, journey to becoming the senior pastor, mm-hmm. being someone um, of your background and, you know, just growing up having super awesome ministry people around you to kind of help mold you into um, this person you're becoming or who you are right now. What kind of advice can you give to young ministry leaders who probably don't have those mentors around them, see themselves going into ministry, but are just like, "Mm, I don't have that, that voice of reason Mm -hmm. um, to kind of help me along this journey. You have to know that there are voices out there. Now you have to, decipher which voice is the voice for you. That's good. Yeah. You know, when Jesus says, um, my sheep know my voice mm-hmm. and you know, that goes back to like, the old, I don't want to preach it, but you know what I mean? No, when, keep, when it goes into, if you want um, to. <laughs> in, in those old, those, those times there were, there was like a common stall for all the, all the, all the sheep to be in. When he says, my sheep know my voice, you know, he's, he's alluding to the fact that there are other shepherds with flocks mm-hmm. inside the same stall. Right. But when that one shepherd, lifts his voice. The Come sheep that belong to that shepherd will follow. Yeah. You got to find which voice it's is your voice. voice. Yeah. There are people, there are mentors out there. You, even if you have to find a connect mm-hmm. and, 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 and you can't become an island to yourself. Right. That's the worst thing you can do is to become an island to yourself. Self being self-taught is cool to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but you got to find somebody, find a mentor. Even if you want to, you don't want to use the term spiritual father. Right. And you know, cause we got spiritual uncles now and spiritual godfathers, <laughs> spiritual, spiritual everything. I don't understand this stuff, but anyway, <laughs> but you know, you got to find a mentor, somebody, we need three types of people in our life. Mm-hmm. Somebody who pours into us, somebody we can share with mm-hmm. and someone we can pour into. It's good a lot stuff. of us are sharing with people and pouring in, into people, but we're not being poured into. Yeah. So find somebody, you know, yeah. That has your best interest at heart. This is true. You definitely need to know, like you said, what voice to listen to. Um, I feel like sometimes seniority makes people think that like, I have to listen to you right. because you're up there or right. you've been through it, but it's not necessarily for you, yeah. the advice they have. Yeah. Okay. So I feel as though a lot of local churches are becoming, um, are having this multi-generational type of congregation mm-hmm. and it's becoming a, not an issue, but sort a of challenge. a struggle, a challenge mm-hmm. for certain ministers of a certain age to kind of, you know, keep the balance mm-hmm. and find the middle ground um, between servicing both generations. Right. You spoke earlier about um, yourself being in a church that was, you know, balanced right really well. So what advice do you have for pastors who do um, shepherd houses that are multi-generational, but are trying to find a way to please everybody for a lack of a better term? And the sad thing is you'll never be able to please everybody. You won't be. <laughs> one of the things you, you have to understand that every generation matters. Mm-hmm. Every generation matters. Every generation has, has a, a space and has a place. Right. And so one of the things that you can do is have leaders for every generation. Mm. That's pretty have a good. For every every generation, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're still the senior leader. They report to you, right. but have somebody who covers that generation for has activities for those generations, mm-hmm. and then also um, have ways for connecting, right? Like like a bridge the gap event kind of mm-hmm. thing where we, we kind of glean from one one from one one another. Where the older people may tell older stories about the church history, yes. and and the young people may give like a tutorial on social media. <laughs> this, you know, right. just something you know. 
Mm-hmm. So really try to bridge that gap, understand the importance of we're all one family, but yes. everybody has a place, everybody has a voice, and everybody matters. Yes. And I feel like when you um, approach it from that perspective, yeah. you kind of benefit more yeah. because once everybody realizes, oh, you're coming to me as well and not just that yeah. one group, everyone feels like they're included. Because that's what happens. It's like fighting because it seems like... The older people, they they had the money, and 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 they come. A lot of times, we'll cater to the older people because right. they had mm-hmm. the money, and we know they're gonna be there during during mm-hmm. prayer meeting and Bible study. Right, right. Whereas the younger people, we ain't gonna be there. They not, you know, and so, but they have influence. Yes, that's that's they true. They have influence, and so we we keep saying we we want to bring young people to the church, you know, but but they, you know, but but they ain't coming. But if we put that salt tablet, mm-hmm. you know, under. <laughs> their mouths yeah give them a reason and and word of mouth is one of the best ways to grow a church it is it definitely is something um that jumped out to me when you gave the example of you know having like the young people kind of give you a social media uh tutorial or just doing fun things like that i've been in this mindset um for probably the majority of this year and it's this idea that we tend to think that ministry can only be one way but you can have fun in ministry and you can break out of this old regime that we've all grown up in with the tracks and the bulletins (laughs) so tired of the tracks they're throwing them away oh please they're not using you you could be like i circle the block and i see them on the floor you you, you can even wait till the next day So what I wanted to ask you is, um, what is your take on the state of ministry now? Is there room for us to be creative and to think outside of the box? Or should we kind of just try to keep certain things however they how they were? If it's not broke, don't fix it type of a thing. We can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. With the bathwater. Mm-hmm. So we can't throw everything out. Right. There's some things that we have done that are no longer relevant. Mm-hmm. They are no longer reaching people. We mistake the church, triumphant church, the, the universal church for our local church. Mm-hmm. And just because it isn't working for your local church doesn't right. mean it's working for everybody's church. That is true. It's working for somebody's church. Okay. Just like your church. <laughs> right. So um, we, we, we got to know what works and what doesn't work and really take time and analyze and assess. Take your feelings out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've always done it that's this good. way. Yeah. And that's the reason why there are 15 people in this church after 25 years. I'm leaving. It, 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 <laughs> but you're it, right. That does not work. It doesn't. Five hour service no longer works. No. They're not doing it. Mm-mm. I know I'm not. Okay. That <laughs> pastor tired sets yeah, in. I can't, I, I, I can't do that. Right. I'm allergic to long church. <laughs> not allergic. Some people, some people need it. Mm-hmm. Some people need it. Some people who may have been addicted to substance abuse, mm-hmm. sometimes they use it as a way of escape. Mm-hmm. And so as long as I know I'm here, yeah. I'll be in my best behavior. Right. I won't use drugs today. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes we're just replacing one drug for another, ju- another yes. drug. That is And sexual. so we're using church as a drug to, te- to temporarily alleviate wow. the symptom. But it'll never get to the core of your issue. Your, the root goodness. of your issue. Yeah. So, you know, stay relevant. Don't sell your soul. Don't change the message, mm-hmm. but you have to change the method. 
That's good. You have to change the method. Yeah. And I feel like this is a perfect place to stop. Yeah. This was awesome, awesome, was awesome. Thank you so much for sparing your time and telling me your story and giving me some really good advice and breaking down some scriptures. Okay. Yeah. This was good. So kind of just plug Freedom Church. Tell us where we can find you if we want to connect with you and your church time and all that stuff. Okay. So freedom church, we worship Wednesdays. We have word on Wednesday Mm -hmm. at 7 PM. We start with prayer and we usually end for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes was prayer. Mm -hmm. And I share a lesson and we fellowship on Sunday mornings. We meet at 9 AM. We're normally done about 1030. We worship both little service times are at 1980 Fulton street between Ralph and Howard avenues. The sign on top says St. Mark Holy Church, but we're worshiping as the Freedom Church. Um, you can also find us online at www.myfreedombk.org. Once again, www.myfreedombk.org. And you can see us on social media at Freedom Church BK. And where can we find you if we need to? At Sean R. Mason 2. Nice. And that is everything. And we are at the end of another great episode. Thank you guys so much for sticking it out with me and for staying till the end. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends and your family and your church members. It will be greatly appreciated. Um, If you or anyone you know would love to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to send us an email at ministrydecoded at gmail.com. For future past and present episodes, you can find us on our website, ministrydecoded.com, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music. And to stay connected with us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Ministry Decoded Podcast. And that is all, folks. Enjoy your weekend.